0: This is At the Podium with Manuela Mesquad, a podcast featuring interviews with top performers in sports, business, and entertainment to uncover the stories, lessons, and disciplines of the top 1%. Ladies and gentlemen, and now here's your host, CEO and entrepreneur Manuela Mesquad.
1: Welcome to another episode at the podium with Manuel Mesqua, where we share the stories of high performers in sports, business, and life who have done the things that most want to live the life that most never will. I love learning about the wins, losses, and lessons that they've experienced along the way, sharing those with you here at the podium. Today, we have easily, one of my dearest friends since I arrived in the great state of Michigan, entrepreneur, creator, storyteller, literally one of the best storytellers in my lifetime that I've met, and a dear friend who I still have in my life today, Chad Miles.
0: Chad, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. I've been been looking forward to this for a while, so it's fun. (laughs) It's fun to be here. I'm grateful. I appreciate it.
1: We're going to tag today's conversation. It was all a dream, and I personally wore this amazing t-shirt from my friends Dana and Tiffany at Sporta Kings. Check out their website sokfy.com. If you drop in the word podium in the discount code, they're going to send you an amazing 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 package of whatever you order with 20% off. Check it out sokfy.com SportaKings. Kings today. It was all a dream. Chad, I've been so excited to have this conversation with you today, and there's so many different places we can start, so many incredible experiences, especially just in the last 24 months of your life, significant decisions made, pivots in life, new dreams, new aspirations, executing in a different way, but let's go all the way back to the childhood. Share a little bit about your childhood and maybe one or two of the most significant things that happened in your earlier years that really shaped you into this incredible young man that you are today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as humans, we all have, whether it's a singular pivotal moment or it's a culmination of moments or things that happen to us in our life, our experiences, I think those things have the power to shape who we are as people, really, and the power to change the trajectory of the rest of our lives. And so, you know, for me, I was, I was blessed to be raised with two incredible parents. And I have a brother who's two years older. I have a sister, actually, who's nine years younger than I am. And so, we grew up with this incredible family. And, and when we talk about these moments that alter the rest of our lives, you know, mine came when I was 17 years old. and. I was off at a camp at the University of Notre Dame and, you know, I was in kind of a leadership position. And so I had someone from the camp kind of pull me aside and say, hey, Chad, you know, would you mind coming with us for a moment? And I said, yeah, no problem. You know, I thought nothing of it because it seemed normal. And so I walked into this room and, you know, in the room was my brother and my uncle. And, you know, I just kind of had this moment where I thought this just doesn't seem right. You know, this, this isn't how things are supposed to go and my brother at the time handed me a phone, and on the phone was my mom. You know, there's these, again, these moments in life that you can just never prepare yourself for, but my mom said to me, you know, hey, Chad, there's really no way of sugarcoating this, but your dad died of a heart attack this morning. And obviously, in that moment, you're overcome with the pain, the emotion, the agony, but as a 17-year-old, you know, my dad had just turned 50 years old, and you can't really fully embrace what that moment means to you as a human and the impact that's going to have on you for so many years to come. And so now as I sit here at this table and we have this conversation, you know, that was 11 years ago. And I look at that as just an incredible pain in my life, but also a significant moment that has really shaped and impacted and altered so many of the ways that I just attack you know, my vision for life. So many things stem back to that moment. So I think it's been just one of those pivotal things for me that I really rocked my world. But from that negative experience and that negative thing in my life, you know, I've been able to draw a lot of positive. And again, it's just altered my whole outlook on life changed in that one moment back in 2011.
1: Well, first of all, I mean, I want to acknowledge what you just shared, right? And I guess I forget that you and I've had this conversation before, but our listeners haven't heard that necessarily from you. So, first, let me just acknowledge the significance of what that must have been. And I look at moments like that today that happened in people's lives, and I'm just like, there's just no words, right? Right. There are just no words for that. Can you think back to a time in the years closer to when your father passed where you made really tough decisions, decisions that took a lot of courage and a lot of grit to make, conversations That were had simply because you realized, wow, none of this is forever. And because of that experience, I'm now taking a different approach to the way I make decisions in my life and the types of conversations that I'm willing to have courageously with others that I care about.
0: The couple of weeks, even just before my dad passed, I was just blessed. And now I look back and I'm super grateful that we shared some incredible experiences. So, two of them that come to mind briefly are, you know, one was my dad had this. And at the time, I thought it was kind of funny, but now as I look back on it, I think it's really meaningful. He intentionally made a big deal about my brother and I becoming a man, and he always referred to it as being a man of integrity. And so for him, he kind of challenged us to take on some form of a challenge in our lives. And for me, it was around sports and performing at a higher level, investing into myself and working at my craft. And he recognized those sacrifices and commitments that we made as like, this is significant because this is an example of what it takes to be a man. Mm -hmm. And he was intentional about that. And so in celebrating us kind of entering into manhood by attacking something that was important to us, it didn't matter if we achieved it or not, but it was about the effort and the commitment that we put toward it. We celebrated it by going and doing something that was kind of scary for us. So Mm -hmm. we went to Cedar Point and they had this ride that you could go on where they would just take you up, and it was one of those just free falls. So they would take you up, I don't know, a few stories up into the air. You'd just be staring down at the ground. You're a few hundred feet up into the air. And then you just had a rip cord. And as soon as you pulled that rip cord, you were just going to go skyrocketing down towards the ground. Just like straight down. And so my dad and I were strapped together in this holster. And we were sitting there. And I was like, yeah, okay, you ready to do this? So I'm kind of like, no, not really. And then he just pulls the cord and we go shooting down. The meaning behind that, I think, has come to me now over these past 11 years. And as I mature and as I grow, I can look back on that and think like, wow, that was such an intentional move by my dad yes. that had such an impact on me. And so the main mindset shift that I've made since my dad passed is I say that I approach life with a sense of urgency that I never had hmm. before. And hmm. so... You know, when we talk about it was all a dream, which I I love the shirt by the way. It's a it's a sweet shirt. SOKFY dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Plug in body Yeah, that sense of urgency is what's been behind so many of the decisions that I've made. I say I'm kind of I'm gratefully impatient. I'm just not willing to wait to attack some of the dreams that I have or some of the visions that I have in life because what I saw from my dad is that. He waited 40 years to go after some of his dreams. And at the time, it was difficult. He had a family. And he didn't get the opportunity to live out and see his dreams come to fruition. He just didn't get that chance. You know, we talk about planning for your future and planning for your retirement. Well, my dad never got to that point. And he was doing many of the things that were important to get to that step to enjoy the next chapter of your life. So for me, I just look at that. I'm like, I'm not waiting until I retire. I'm just not going to do it. If I have something that's in my eye that I want to do, I'm going to go after it with a sense of urgency as soon as it either makes sense or maybe it just doesn't make sense and I'm just going to do it anyway. I love what you said,
1: gratefully impatient. And obviously, I was at the short end of the stick on one of those gratefully impatient moments, right? And we're going to unpack that one later. Yeah. But one of, one of the stories I love telling is the story of how we met. And you recall? Yeah. Where did I reach out to you on? Facebook. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. My my 2 years living on Facebook. <laughs> I think our our first formal business interaction was through a Facebook message, yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know, it was the start of something great, man. You know, good things can happen there. So
1: for those of you who don't know, I get to Michigan in March of 2017, and everyone likes to think that they're always ready for that next big opportunity, right? Like everyone wants to get called up to the big leagues. So in in my profession that I absolutely love and am obsessed about becoming great at someday I just was like, I'm ready for the big leagues. And the big league opportunity that I got at that time was getting called up to the big leagues to serve as the steward and team captain in part of the state of Michigan. And so I left what I had experienced for 38 years of my life of growing up, being raised in and around Chicago to take this risk and get the call up to the majors. And I get to Michigan and I'm starting to look around Michigan, I'm realizing I have no family in Michigan. I have no clients in Michigan. I have no friends in Michigan. No one actually lives in Michigan that I've known in my life when I get here in 2017. And I'm like, wow, I need to talk to this marketing and strategy consultant that I worked with during my time in Chicago, growing that market. And I said, I need to get some advice. And she says, look, you have 900 connections on LinkedIn. You have no other social media presence today. No one cares what you did, accomplished, achieved in your first 15 years in this profession in Chicago. No one cares. Detroit does not necessarily love Chicago. So (laughs) so she says, and I get that, right? Being being a Bears, Bulls, Chicago White Sox and Blackhawks fan, diehard. So I'm like, well, what should I do? And she says, well, first of all, You need to get some type of social media presence because it's the most efficient, effective, speed of light way and cost effective way to create a brand and scale it and build awareness in that marketplace. And she looks at my LinkedIn and sees that I have less than a thousand contacts and I have no other social media. And she's like, okay, you know what? Actually, you need to hire someone
0: who knows. We got some work to do
1: here. Who knows what they're doing? So my wife says, here, let me help you set up a Facebook account. I set up a Facebook account. I do nothing with it for months. And then finally, one day I'm scrolling. I don't remember if I was at an airport or whatever. I'm just scrolling. And I see this tall, athletic, handsome guy, high jumping hurdles. And I'm like, what the heck is this video? Then I click on his name and I'm like, oh, wow. Now I see all his stuff. And the next video is him
0: cleaning toilets.
1: <laughs> and, and, and then I'm. I'm every I'm,
0: CEO's dream. Oh, I got to <laughs> have this guy.
1: I'm consuming more Chad Miles content. And it's all these unique random acts or things that people must do every day. Just all over the world. And he's tying them into the art of storytelling. And introducing himself to the world. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if this guy can do this like that, one, he's got to have some expertise, he's got to have some confidence, and he's got to have a lot of courage. And I'm like, those are the people I love working with. I love working with people who have an expertise, a real belief in what they do, confidence and courage to do it at a really high level. So I message him through Facebook, he responds, and I invited you to a
0: barbecue. Yeah. Tell the rest of the story. Well, first of all, I've got. To, I think I learned something new here, which is that I might have to be thanking Samantha because she got you on Facebook in the first place. Yeah, so that's incredible. So thank you, Samantha. I appreciate that. From that moment on, I think we we went to the barbecue, and you know, from my standpoint, it was. <laughs> I remember walking into that barbecue. And you, I you actually, brought your camera. I did. Oh yeah. Well, because. <laughs> I was, I was in the middle of, and I'll tell more of the story, but I was in the middle of, I challenged myself every single day to create a vlog. Every single day. And so that was one of my days. And I remember I actually filmed myself. We were in Bloomfield and I was I was on a lake and I filmed myself <laughs> saying, and like, that message that day was about introverts can do it. Like, like, we got this. Like, come on, introverts. Like, let's go, you know, put ourselves out there. And so I remember filming I mean, two minutes before I walked into that barbecue, I was filming myself in front of the lake being like, hey, I'm an introvert and I'm doing it. Like, (laughs) I'm going to go talk to all these people. (laughs) And I mean, as they say, the rest is sort of history as far as like we went to that barbecue. What's important from my standpoint is I saw someone in you who had a vision. And I think one of the things that I've just always admired about you is your way to Speak about your vision, communicate your vision, and the importance of vision casting that I hear you talk about so often. And I think that's just a great example of the power of that. When you can sit at a barbecue, you can hear someone in front of a room speak about this is what I believe is possible. And this is what, as a unit and as a team, I believe that we can create. When you hear someone speak that way, I mean, I left that barbecue that day and I remember going home and I was living with my mom at the time and telling her, like, I'm not even sure I know exactly who this guy is or what this guy does, but I'm pretty certain that I want to be a part of it. And from there, it ended up amounting to us starting a relationship from a contracting standpoint, eventually a full-time standpoint. And I think here we are, you know, four years later, and we're, still and we're, together. we're still going strong. <laughs> so there's one other side to that, that I think is just an important story to tell, which is that period in my life, I was completely lost. I had no idea where I really wanted to go. I started my career at General Motors. I hit my one-year mark, and I just said, I'm sorry, this just isn't right for me. This is, this is not the right fit. I moved back home to my mom's house. And I mean, you talk about the, the cleaning toilets. So I kind of stumbled onto this video space and this marketing space and was like, I think there's something here. There's something about the way that I can use this to communicate ideas that I think is effective. Mm -hmm. And I started exploring it a little bit, but at the time I had no income. So I'm living at my mom's house. And that was when I started this challenge that I'm going to vlog every single day for 45 days. And I'm just going to tell the story of what I'm trying to do in my business, what I'm trying to build. And that same thing, right? I'm trying to cast a vision out into the world of here's what I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to create, here's the steps that I'm taking, If nothing else, just to document for myself what I'm going after and to remember this, that's going to be great. But it happened to also have the effect of by putting out what I was doing, the actions I was taking every day, it caught the attention of someone like yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so every morning I would get up that was the way I made money was by, I was a janitor. So, you know, here I am, I'm 23 years old. I'm living in my mom's basement. I have a college degree. I was just working downtown Detroit on the 33rd floor of the Renaissance center six months ago. Now I'm living in my mom's basement. I wake up at five 30 every morning. I go clean at a brewery. I'm cleaning toilets. That's how I was making my income during the day. I would go take as many meetings as I could. I would get in front of as many people as possible. And then at night I would go back to another cleaning account and I would clean at night. And I did that for months and that was the way, I don't know, I didn't subscribe to this vision of just keep working at the desk at the nine to five. Like it's, it's going to be good one day, you know, it'll pay off for you in the end. I just thought that sense of urgency, I'm just not willing to wait to do that. And so in between that, I think, I, I hope people can just take away from this, you know, when you have something that you're going after, you have that vision that you want to achieve by all means possible. If that means cleaning toilets, go after it, and you yeah. just never know what's going to happen.
1: There's a few things that like stood out in my mind as you were sharing that, but let me begin with the last one that just popped into my mind as you said that. I mean, there's just so many great sort of lessons, takeaways from that one story, but I recently become obsessed with Hermosi, and we got to make sure we tag him on this. I've become absolutely obsessed with him on Instagram, And the most recent reel that I watched was him speaking about instead of taking $500 and putting it in the S&P, take $500 and invest it in yourself and upskill yourself, level yourself up, give yourself an expertise that adds value that can convert that $500 into $100,000 instead of waiting for $500 to create several thousand dollars over a 30-year horizon by being invested in the S&P. And I love that because what it did And I've heard other things like that from him and from others like Grant Cardone about really investing in yourself, Brad Lee, who I love out in Las Vegas. And so, what I've really thought about even for myself, I'm like, you know, maybe it is time to explore a designation. Maybe it's time to explore an executive MBA, even though I'm 44. You know, right now I'm registered to get another registration. I have like six registrations already. I'm like, you know, I'm going to get that other one. And I'm taking that exam in September. And so, I've definitely thought for myself, I am working to generate income so that I can invest more in myself, not just provide an incredible quality of life or hopefully a, a pretty special or unique quality of life for my family, but a big priority is how am I taking that revenue and that income and investing back into me? And I saw you do that from the first time we met. I mean, because if you do remember, that was one of the videos. I saw you cleaning toilets in one of the videos. I was like, this guy is an assassin. This is the video he's putting out. And he's connecting toilet cleaning to storytelling. And I'm like addicted to his posts. And I followed your daily vlog for weeks, if not months, until and finally I was like, okay, I'm over Facebook. I'm out. But that's one thing. Can you reflect on that example and think about another time where you were making sacrifices in your personal life. And look, I've seen this with you and Eileen, right? I mean, let's not forget the better half, you and Eileen, but can you think of another really specific time where you made those sacrifices and you were doing that for the greater good of the long-term vision you had to reinvest, double down, triple down, 10X down on yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, we're jumping the gun a little bit, but I think my most recent journey, as you know, but the followers don't know, is so in the last six months or so, my wife and I, we completely DIY, we self-built our own camper van. <laughs> so we converted an <laughs> empty Ford Transit cargo van. I'll put a picture of the cargo van here. You have uh, to. <laughs> we bought this empty cargo van and we spent four months converting it ourselves. And when you just talk about you know investing I guess it's part of investing into the vision that I have for life. And I guess at the end of the day, I just look at it as like, what is a more noble cause to invest into than to invest into ourselves and becoming the better version of ourselves every single day? Not necessarily the best version, because I'm not sure that exists. I don't think there's an end point that we're going to get to. But if we can invest into becoming a better version of ourselves every single day, then I view that as the most noble thing that we can do on a daily basis. And so that most recent thing was (laughs) having this vision of like, couldn't we travel the country and every single day live on the road and experience so many incredible things. And it was like, that's possible. That is definitely possible. So why aren't we doing that? And then we went for it and we did it right. And when we talk about just, you know, the investing into yourself and as I'm young, I think one thing that I've always looked at is like, I have my time. I can invest Mm -hmm. my time into things that are meaningful to me. So whether that's my personal development, my professional development, my time can be invested into those things. And it's going to, whether it pays off financially, whether it pays off in just the meaning and value that it adds to my life, those are all significant returns on my investment. And so during this time of building the van for four months, I was working 70 to 80 hours a week on building the van, and then I would go do my job mm-hmm. and my actual work at night or early in the morning. Just another example of like whatever we're going after, it doesn't have to look like that. It doesn't always have to be a time investment, mm-hmm. but I guess just another example of, of investing. That was my way of investing into myself, and in this moment, it was investing into myself and adding meaning and value to my life in the form of going after a dream of mine. And so I look at that kind of as equally as investing into myself professionally, that's going to result in financial gain. I think it's just as worthy and noble to invest into myself from a dream and meaning standpoint. And I try to find the balance of both of those things on a consistent basis.
1: Well, and you and I have discussed many times that time is the one thing that we can't create more of, right? It's very finite and No matter what faith you have or the things that you may or may not believe in, we all acknowledge that the clock runs out for everybody, at least on this earth. And many times we get so caught up in tell me the story of the successes, tell me what it was like to finally get to the podium and get your medal or address millions of people, you know, and and be the reason that everyone showed up or tuned in or listened in. And people love those stories. But the learning many times is in what were the losses along the way? What were the tough conversations? What were the relationships that ended? And to me, really, the generic way I would lump all of that together is what were the things that had to be sacrificed? You and Eileen sacrificed quite a bit to go attack the vision of this dream that you have for you, Eileen, and Sadie, right? And let's never forget to mention Sadie again up front, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. That's our pop. Yeah. And uh, pop a picture up. And can you speak a little bit to maybe one or two of the most significant sacrifices that had to be made in either of your lives or your life together for this dream to become a journey that you
0: attacked? I think the main thing that we have to sacrifice is convenience. And so Hmm. I write a newsletter just about some of our experiences and some of my thoughts and reflections about life. And I wrote one time, you know, as we were going through this whole van process, what happened is we reached a point where we finished building the van and people saw the finished product and they understood what we were about to do, which is that we were about to go spend the next 12, 18 months, maybe two years on the road exploring the country. And people would say to us, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. And, you know, that really got me thinking and it bothered me. It really bothered me when people would say, I'm so jealous of you. And as I thought about it more, what I came to the realization of is, well, it bothers me because people are jealous of the outcome, but if they knew the journey, they wouldn't be jealous of the journey. And the journey of getting to that point, yes, people see us living in this finished van, traveling the country, and it's great. We're really enjoying it. But what they don't see is I built this out into a graphic. It was a five-year journey from the initial ideation of I think, you know, we want to do this to all of the sacrifices that we had to make along the way, all of the planning that we had to do to come up with the funds to create a lifestyle that was going to allow us to do this, to find work that was going to allow us to travel, to find the van, to build the van. It was a five-year journey. And so I think about that, and I think of so often in society, we look at people's outcomes. We look at professional athletes, and, and we'll say, oh, wow, that, that must be so nice. My friends and I would joke about like pro golfers, that must be so nice for them to be able to just go play golf on the weekends. It, it must be so nice. And then, and then my friend Mitch and I will we'll think about, well, what do we think it actually took them to get there? And from the time they were six years old, they haven't had a night or a weekend to themselves. They've sacrificed everything to get to that point. And so I think that's an important part of the story is like you can't recognize the outcome without also recognizing the journey. So there were countless sacrifices that had to be made. There's countless roadblocks that we had to overcome to get to the point that people applaud and say, like, oh, wow, that's so great. But you, can, you better believe that over those five years, there's not many people applauding when you're making a lot of these decisions to go against the grain and to do something that's different. We often think about how
1: to make these tough decisions, we have to share our vision with the people who are most intimately around us and get them to buy into our vision so we can have influence and then eventually confidence and support to make the decision and execute. I still think the war's won in the mind and it's me against me. Yep. Can you think back to what the process was like at the very end before you finally convinced yourself, I'm going to challenge us to do
0: this? Yeah, and you're right. I mean – Right? <laughs> we always talk about I, I this. Was the, like. I, I was like the last straw, you know, almost like that had to be convinced because there's just – there's so many doubts. There's, there's so <laughs> many – I mean, we talked about this recently of just how it is just incredible the things that we will say to ourselves that we would never say to anybody else as far as we will tear ourselves down. We will say such negative things. We will call ourselves frauds. Preach on. Preach on. And we would never say it to anyone else. And it, it's just incredible to me. And so I think, you know, one thing that's really important as you're going down a journey of looking at whatever your vision is, pursuing whatever dream is, you have to have someone in your corner. You know, you talk all the time about the idea of advocates. And before our, our relationship, I, I had never actually heard that word before. I never, you know, it's always mentors. You need mentors. And then you know, you've know you described how, how mentors might kind of teach you things. They might try to demonstrate some things. But advocates are really – they're in your corner. They're in rooms that you're not in. They're putting in a good word for you. And I realize the importance of that because I've always said that pursuing your dreams is the most inconvenient thing that you will ever do in your life. There's nothing convenient about pursuing a dream because there are roadblocks, there are naysayers, there are so many things that you have to overcome. It is just Mm -hmm. incredibly inconvenient. Mm -hmm. That's why people don't do it. So having someone in your corner is so important. And and for me, that person has always been my mom. And she's been the one that, you know, when I'm like, hey mom, I, I think I wanna leave GM and I don't know what I wanna do next. She's like, I understand. I will welcome you back home. You can stay here. What can I do to help you as you're you know, trying to think about what comes next? And then that led to other events in my life. Again, it was time like, okay, I want to go live in the van. And I didn't know how to do that. And my mom was someone that's like, I understand. I think you need to go for this dream. You need to go for it. And so when I was doubting myself, when I was thinking about all the reasons why I don't think I should do this, she was the voice in my head that kept saying, you need to do this, not just you should do it. You need to do this. If this is a dream that you have, you need to do this. And she would just ask, What can I do to help? And so she was an incredible advocate for me. And I think she was one of the people that helped me get over and around myself. When I was saying, I just don't think this is going to work, she was that voice that was like, You need to keep doing this. And so I think that's just incredibly important as you're going about whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish in life and whatever that unique vision is. You've got to have people in your corner that are encouraging you to do that and encouraging you to dream because it's just, it's a difficult road without it.
1: You know, I definitely appreciate you bringing that up. Again, I forget that selfishly for me, I know many of these stories and I know the significance that your mother has had in your life. And so let's make sure we give her a shout out I think about how you end so many posts in your newsletters with whatever you do in life, make it meaningful. And when you just share that story about your mother and, and the, the influence and the impact she's had on you throughout your life, it's the first thing that I thought about, right? When you just said that and, and shared that story. What's the story behind ending your communications with that?
0: Right out of college, I was in this mindset that I had the goal of being a millionaire by 30. I was very money-driven. I had a nice car. I bought a house. I was getting into real estate investment. When I wasn't working at GM, I would come home and I would work on this real estate investment business that my brother and I were going to launch. And I hate to admit, but I really got up on my high horse as far as I looked at my friends and I said, you know, what I'm doing is right in the effort that I'm putting in and this dream and this vision that I have what I'm doing is right. And if you're mm-hmm. not doing what I'm doing, then what you're doing is wrong. And I looked at it very black and white to the point where it was kind of like people, I mean, some of my friends were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. this isn't the you that we know. And so I think it was a, then a very humbling experience for me to, you know, again, sort of achieve some of the things that I thought were important to me at that time, as far as status and money and the job and and working downtown Detroit and looking around and saying, I'm not even happy. (laughs) Right. Like, like this isn't even really bringing me fulfillment and meaning to my life. And so, that experience, you know, and then falling all the way to the bottom where I'm living in my mom's basement, I'm scrubbing toilets, I have nothing that I can, from a status standpoint, boast about. That experience of kind of going to the bottom shifted my perspective. And now, you know, kind of my mission when I say whatever you do in life, make it meaningful is that what i 'm doing isn 't right what you 're doing isn 't wrong, and vice versa there 's no right or wrong. Every single person is is unique and they 're mm-hmm. individual, and only they can know what brings meaning and fulfillment and value to their life and So my hope through me pursuing the visions that I have for life, for me doing things that are not normal for sure. me taking a different path, what my hope is is that people can take from that. And my message is like, I, I don't want you to go build a van. Yeah, I don't want anyone to go build a van. That's just yes. what's meaningful to me. Yes. I want you to go do what's meaningful to you. If you want to start a business, if you want to get into a new career, yes. if you want to become a parent, go do that thing. Don't do what I'm doing. Just, just I hope that I can inspire people in some way to pursue what's meaningful to them. So that's why I end with that comment on so many of my posts is that I really don't care what it is. I just want you to do what adds meaning to your life.
1: And what would you say is like another lesson or piece of advice that you would give young people in middle school, high school, I think of Ava and Atlas, right? Although Ava, I know you're going into freshman year. My Ava is now a high schooler. That's crazy. You know, middle school, high school, college. What's another piece of advice that you'd give them around living a meaningful or the most meaningful life that they can?
0: The advice, I wrote another blog about this that I wish I had received is that there are no rules. And when I say that, I'm not referring to laws or things yeah, that are in say, place. There, for there are a our lot safety. of laws
1: in our country, which is what makes our country great.
0: There are a lot of laws, which is a great thing. I mean that more so from the standpoint of there are no rules about what you have to do in life. Period. I'll, I'll just end it there. Yeah. There's no rules about what you have to do. So, you know, my personal experience was from the time that I was young, I was on this very kind of defined path, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm walking through this path in the forest and at every post, there's an indication of what I should do next. Mm-hmm. Okay, middle school. Yeah, you should probably start playing some sports. Okay, great, mm-hmm. I'll start playing some sports. Maybe you get into high school. You know, hey, it'd be good if you really prepare yourself for college. Okay, so I went to Detroit Catholic Central for high school and I had a great experience. You should pick, you know, a really good school and you should pick a good major. And so I went to Michigan State and I went into marketing. I thought in the business world, that's gonna be great. And then all of a sudden, and then it's like, okay, okay, now you've reached this point. Okay, you should try to get an internship with a good company. Got it. GM, awesome. I'm there. And then you graduate college. And it's like, I'm walking down this path. I have all these posts that are telling me, here's what to do next. Here's what to do next. I graduate college. And then all of a sudden, imagine just looking out and there's just thousands of paths. And there's no more posts. There's nothing else there telling you. Hey, no guardrails. Here's what you should do next. And so that was overwhelming for me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore because I've, I've had all these rules mm-hmm. about what I'm supposed to do. And I went and started my career at GM because I was following the rules of what people are supposed to do when they graduate college and they have a good degree, they should go get a good job. And so when I left and just took a step back and said, well, what do I actually want? I think that's when I came to the, re- the realization of, you know, there really aren't a defined set of rules for how each of us should live our life. There's no way we could have one singular set of instructions that could apply to everyone. And so I think that's the piece of advice that I would share with younger people is that, you know, just to, to think about that, there aren't necessarily rules in place of how you have to attack the rest of your life. And so to think about what is it that you really want to do and what you really want to accomplish, and even if that isn't what society typically is saying that you should do, I would encourage you to go for it.
1: And I love that, right? Because there's a couple of things you wrote, you you said that I wrote down immediately, right? There's no rules to this, to the journey, to what execution looks like in pursuit of your dreams and the vision for your life. I loved it when you said that. I I loved it when we started off and you immediately spoke about being gratefully impatient about your journey and living your life. You know, I loved it when you said pursuing your dreams is incredibly inconvenient, (laughs) which I learned the hard way when Chad left me full time last year. (laughs) But we're still together. We're still together. (laughs) We're still
0: together. Here we are. We're still doing it. (laughs) I'm just in a van now.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you brought up the difference between mentors and advocates because I just, again, mentors to me in my mind and in my 20 plus years of professional experience with 20 in our noble profession, mentors to me have been people who have said, here's how to do it. Here's what great looks like. Here's good habits, good disciplines. Here are good resources, good tools. Read this book, go to this seminar, follow this person. Well, advocates do all of that and then They encourage you to attack the dreams in your life. They tell other people about your dreams. They are in rooms you'll never know of and never walk into yourself, and they find someone who could add value to your life, and they speak about you and open the door, connect the dots, hand off the baton, and say, I just knew that the two of you should meet. They reach out and say, hey. I want to make building a van a little bit easier on you. Here's some resources. Here's some capital. Here's some ideas. Here's some places you should visit, right? Things more than here's how you could do it better. Here's how you could be more awesome. And I found that if we're going to tell the future leaders of this great country, hey, embrace the fact that pursuing your dreams is going to be incredibly inconvenient It's okay to be gratefully impatient about pursuing them. Oh, and hey, there's no rules. I just don't want to create anarchy. Agreed. (laughs) In what you're doing, because there's still so much to learn from and so many pitfalls to avoid by finding 10 people, ensuring that eight of those are great mentors, and then two of them are mentors plus, mentors plus, meaning that they're great advocates for you. Because the journey, I think, will, it'll be shorter, it'll be more enjoyable, it'll be dynamically more engaging and interesting and unique, and you might end up somewhere you didn't even envision you could be, which is where I really am in my personal life, personal and professional life. And I'm so thankful for the many advocates that I've had the blessing of having.
0: Any thoughts or additional comments on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think that's so important to recognize, right? I'm not, I'm number one, not advocating for anarchy. <laughs> and number two, it's like, yes, I say all of these things about, you know, there aren't rules, but but there are underlying things that, as you just said, are important that if you're going to go down this journey that I'm talking about, you do need to have a vision for where you're ultimately trying to get to. You do need to have an understanding of what your values are and what's important to you you do need to find people in your life who are encouraging you, who are demonstrating some of the things Mm -hmm. that it will take to get there. So I think those are still really important underlying things that I think are are required as you're going down this potential journey of of seeking what's meaningful to you. And I just want to take this moment to recognize that, you know, you have been one of the most incredible advocates for me over these last four years, as far as not only demonstrating the things that you talk to me about around Mm -hmm. vision, around communication, around the way we carry ourselves, around treating people like family, investing into our families, being a father. You've demonstrated so many of those things, both personally and professionally. And so I just want to thank you for that. And I think, you know, so finding people in your life, like you've been for me, that's just going to make the whole process a heck of a lot easier, a heck of a lot more enjoyable and help you figure out what is meaningful to you and achieve some of the things that are important to you probably a lot quicker if you have some of those people. Thank you for saying that,
1: right? I mean, I think the awesomeness of our relationship is that we've both taken things from each other that I think have elevated us both. And it goes back to, you know, my favorite saying still, which is the rising tide elevates all boats. That have don 't have holes in them <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> like, like know who you are, know what you 're about, choose to dominate versus live a mediocre life at the things that matter to you, so i'm glad you said that i 'm thinking though, as you made a comment earlier, well, first of all let 's just say i I still think that chad 's dream of building his own home on wheels and traveling the country originated from my dream of starting a breakfast taco business so i'm just gonna say that now it's funny Uh,
0: yeah there might be some truth in that i think i was talking about
1: sprinter vans and serving tacos out of them mommy mean and poppy betto style and then all of a sudden now he's built a house like a, a mini mansion on wheels which i love you were planting the seed in me the whole time. Look at, look at this. <laughs> he took my dream and improved it because I just wanted to sell breakfast tacos from 5 to 8 a.m. in the mornings. He's going to live in it. Which I can't wait to buy one of your tacos when that time comes. Love it. I'm thinking about the earlier you also made the comment about kind of being at the bottom without a lot when you moved back into your mother's home, living in the basement. But you had like an incredible life of education. I mean, Detroit Catholic Central, Michigan State, Spartan Nation, right? Go green. Go what? You've had an incredible education along the way. That ended. How are you still educating yourself, investing in yourself, your ability to think critically, strategically, and even in very just simplistically, you know, tactical things that you know, like, okay, I'm going to do that because that
0: aligns with my strategy to pursue the next
1: dream in my life. How are you pouring into yourself
0: now? So again, I'm doing this on two standpoints, personally and professionally. So I'm on a mission to number one, be a better version of myself every single day. And number two, I just have the belief that There are people in the world that have a lot more knowledge about the things that I want to be good at, and I can learn from them. So on the personal side of things, going to therapy has been the most, I think, significant Mm -hmm. investment that I've made as far as my whole idea behind going to therapy is just that pursuit of better. I think that if I can process some of the things going on in my life, if I can prioritize my mental health, if I can understand myself better, then I think I can show up better for myself and for the people around me. So personally, that's been a major investment that I've made. And then professionally, again, just looking at, I'm on LinkedIn every day. I'm on YouTube every day. Right now, I'm on a Mr. Beast obsession. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Oh my gosh,
1: Atlas is obsessed with Mr.
0: Beast. (laughs) So he's Mr. Beast. I mean, he is one of like right now, one of the most prolific creators on the planet. As far as I think across his YouTube channels, he has like 400 million subscribers on his channels. And so he is just a great example of someone who is incredibly dedicated to their craft. He invests every single, I mean, the guy makes millions and millions of dollars and he invests every single dollar back into his videos and the way that he just obsesses about his his creative process, the intentionality and the thought behind the things that he's making, why he's making them, how he's trying to capture people's attention. You and I talk about this all the time about how, (laughs) you know, capturing people's attention is one of the most powerful (laughs) things in the world right now. So he's an example of someone that, I mean, I'm just consuming as much information about him as I possibly can. And so those are some of the ways that I'm personally and professionally I mean, every single day, I feel like if I haven't invested somehow into my personal and professional development, then I'm at a standstill and and I get really uncomfortable with that. Like, I've got to be making progress somehow every single day. And those are the ways that I'm doing it.
1: I love that you mentioned Mr. Beast. I was recently introduced to him within the last 30 days by my children, Atlas and Ava. And my two favorite episodes that I watched that first day were when they gifted a house fully furnished to the Domino's pizza driver or delivery guy. And then the second was when they did Banks Bank or Bank Bank's. Banks bank, banks bank. They They like bought a bank and then handed out money for who knows how long to just people randomly to pursue their dreams, the things that were most important to them, right? Like you need a car payment, you need to pay your mortgage, you need to go see your family in some country that you've not been to in years. I mean, there are just so many unique stories. I was like, man, this young man and the men around him, like they're literally helping people's dreams come true. Do you know how old he is? No, but he looks very
0: young. He's 23. <laughs> just unbelievable. And I mean, you, you just talk about a yes. mindset of abundance. Like that's it. this guy right? has on camera, not only investing in his own business, yeah. he gives away, just hands people, millions and millions of dollars with the belief that this will come back to me. And I mean, I, that's just so both- tactically what he's doing from a creation standpoint and then also just the values that he's displaying from a mindset of abundance standpoint i really admire that guy a lot i love it so we're running out of time and we're going to do this again but the next time we're
1: filming from the van all right deal and we don't need my my new incredible collapsible wall which hey shout out to my person lauren lagrasso for telling me get a wall a collapsible wall This same sweet. here you go I like she it. also said get some mic flags got them look at my beautiful plant. I really, really stepped up. Production value is
0: on the rise here. We are are going up. I love it.
1: (laughs) The van's going to be way better. (laughs) But is there a story that you can think of in your life, whether it's years ago or recent, that you'd say, like, this story has a lesson behind it, wins or losses that you want to share with the folks before we go today?
0: I think recently, since the van has been just this incredible investment of our time, of our resources, of so many things, part of living in this van, you know we've we've had this moment, I think of one in particular where we're in North Carolina, we're up in the mountains, we're driving on the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's about eight o'clock at night. We have our two back doors propped open and we're just we're six thousand feet up in the air, looking out over the mountains. We're just laying in our van, just taking it in together. It's my wife and I and uh-huh. our dog and Sadie, Sadie. And I just think in that moment, two things came to me, which was one was how the work to go after your dreams and your vision and what's important to you. It is incredibly hard work, but Mm -hmm. you will have these moments where you just sit there and you're like, wow, this was worth it. I am so glad that I did this and that I'm on this journey. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hope that everyone gets to have an experience like that in their lives, and I think it also was just one of those moments where it was a reminder of the things that really matter in life mm-hmm. and how adding meaning to your life can be a very mm-hmm. simple thing. I mean, I was just sitting mm-hmm. there living in a van next mm-hmm. to my wife. We were just taking in a moment and those simple moments and taking a second to, as, as you'll say, and Ben Newman will say, you know, be where your feet are and just take it in and just enjoy the moments in life. Again, I, I hope that that's something that people will keep in mind as they as they're busy as they're going about doing the things that are important to them take a moment to recognize the journey and take a moment to just pause and just enjoy just be i was so
1: excited for us to get together today and it, it sucks that you know 40 50 minutes always run out in 40 or 50 minutes <laughs> but <laughs> amazing um, how that happens yeah the gift of finite time 8 days ago i'm listening to coach d'antonio and i got to meet him for the first time in my life and i'm literally I'm just mesmerized. I'm at a Legatus meeting. It's my first Legatus meeting, and thanks to my friends Mike, Jim, and, and Travis at Shelving here in town that that invited me as their guest. Appreciate you guys. And I attend my first meeting, and I'm just blown away. And it starts with confession, then the rosary, and then a full Catholic mass. And I just can't stop like looking at him. And he's at the table next to me. And I'm like, man, I I hope I get to say hello. Anyways, I got to say hello to him right away. And it was great after the mass and before he spoke. He said so many things that stood out to me, but he said one thing and it made me think of you and I being here eight days later. He said, and this is a little bit paraphrased, but the point was that a man who is committed and focused has no time for distractions. And I just thought like, man, This young man who's coming into my office in eight days to share this conversation of his life, the journey, the wins, losses, and lessons along the way. That's how I see you now. That's how I see you now. I see you as this like committed, focused, obsessed man of substance and character that's attacking like his wildest dreams, and you have no time for distractions. And what made me, th- I said, why Why am I thinking of Chad? And what I was thinking about was the strength of our relationship and how many times you would still say no to me. And I was like, damn, like he's a Jedi about what he's convicted to achieve. And so anyways, I think there's a lesson in that. I think the words are very profound, especially when Coach D'Antonio shared those. Shout out to Coach D. I hope, Coach D, that I can get you here someday at the podium to speak about your life and share your stories. But I was just blown away. It made me think of you. You deserve that compliment. I want you to know that.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that.
1: Last thing, what's the next thing after the van and traveling the country? What is the next thing you and Eileen have to be already plotting and and strategizing on like, what's next?
0: Yeah. So we want to be in the van for at least 18 months. And then there's two potential pivots. One, there might be some international travel. We're kind of like, this country is great, but there's 300 and something other countries in the world. And number two, I mean, we've already got this vision for buying a bunch of land somewhere. Mm. Starting with potentially building our own home, and we we love these container homes, and so i 'm kind of like, well, I could build a van, so I feel like I could probably build a house too.' And then we've just got this vision for adding containers on for the different things that we want to pursue and achieve in our life. So that might be adding a container for a gym to start. It might be more personal. Eileen wants to do like a dog watching business. We could build like a sweet container hotel for dogs to come stay at our property. We want to host retreats there, you know, building a a kind of uh, natural place that people could come invest time together, have Airbnbs there. So we've got this vision for this property that eventually that we want to build and just bring like-minded people together, invest good time together. So I think that's where we're headed. Has DIY reached out to you yet? No. Can someone on DIY, can someone jump in on this
1: dream, this vision? This is the guy. Coach D'Antonio said, this is the guy. Someone needs to reach out to you from DIY. That's, that's a I'm show. I'm open to it. Open that's to a it. show in itself. Yeah. Chad, love you, brother entrepreneur creator one of the greatest storytellers of my lifetime that i've gotten to know love and care about and respect it was great being with you we have to do it again at some point right yeah i would love to in the van okay all right you're the man thank you brother
0: appreciate you